Good evening and welcome to Plan Lehigh Valley, a monthly WDIY program done along with our friends at the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission. First, let me welcome our co-hosts, Becky Bradley, the Executive Director of the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission, and Matt Assad, its Managing Editor. Welcome, Becky and Matt. Hello. Good evening. This evening, we are going to talk about the Planning Commission's 2022 Annual Report. The Annual Report is has a comprehensive tally of plan development and analysis activity for the past year and serves as a great indicator of trends going forward. We're also going to talk about new in-person training and educational opportunities that every community can take advantage of. We're lucky to have as our guest the Commission's Program Associate for Community Engagement, Hannah Malagio, and LVPC's Transportation Planner, Brian Height. Hannah joined the LVPC in March of 2022 in charge of the Commission's public engagement programs. She spent seven years with Community Bike Works, a youth development organization in Allentown. Brian joined the LVPC in 2015, and in addition to being a transportation planning professional, he has an electric transportation history that includes 26 years as a diesel mechanic and having a tractor trailer's driver's license since 1991. Welcome, Hannah, and welcome back, Brian. Thank you so much. Thank you. And hey, I'd also like to recognize Jahi Heath and Max Cawthon. Jahi and Max are sitting in today. They are students at Lafayette College. And I think they both believe they uh, would like to find themselves in the Planning Commission business someday soon. Welcome, Jahi and Max. Hello. Uh, thank you uh, for the introduction. Yeah, you bet. Welcome. Matt, obviously 2022 was a busy year. Set us up for what we're going to talk about from the Planning Commission's annual report and educational opportunities. So uh, we're required by the Pennsylvania Municipalities Planning Code to do an annual report and to deliver it by March 1st. But even if we weren't required, we probably would do it because it really gives you a chance to take a step back and, and look at the year from 30,000 feet. Has all the numbers, you know, from the 1,200 reviews we did and thousands of units of housing that were proposed and the millions of square feet of non-residential that was proposed. And it really gives you a chance to sort of look back and look at things from a little further view. And then you can sort of identify trends that are happening. And then you can sort of take a look at where you're headed. And, and that's kind of our business. That's what we do. It's also a good time to take a look at the training that we have uh, for the coming year because we just kind of set it up and we just scheduled it. And it's about to start. Is the training anything new or is this something that's uh, been ongoing? Well, I would say it's 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 kind of expanded because, you know, some of the in-person trainings we had to suspend during the pandemic. So now we are back to a full schedule of in-person trainings. We have LTAP, we have Lehigh Valley Government Academy, and these things are these are things that really train the next generation of community community uh, leaders. Becky, housing clearly played a prominent role in 2022. What did the annual numbers show you? Well, yes, last year was a, a record year. There were over 6,400 housing units that we reviewed. That's the most since the housing boom height in 2007. And of that 6,469 housing units that we saw, 1,008 were for single family homes. And that was actually a decline of 35% from uh, 2021. 3,733 were apartments, 
That's the most we've reviewed all century in a single year. So 3,733 apartments. And then we had 1,100 townhomes. And so that was nearly equal, but slightly more than single family detached homes. And the townhome number, that's the most we've reviewed since 2005. And then there were a small amount, 264 uh, twins. So that's, you know, a, a double is the best way to look at that. Um, so since 2015, median home prices have also increased from $175,000 to $280,000 uh, in 2022. So that was an increase of 60% just since 2015. Last week, I read some information that said that the housing market is uh, softening. Uh, in some places, there's been decreases of 30% in sales, but we're not seeing that here, are we? We aren't seeing a decline to that extent. And I know uh, we've had Justin Perembo on from the Lehigh Valley uh, Realtors, uh, and he's got a really good handle on you know the market in the immediacy. But I know what we've learned from him is prices have gone down a little bit, but product is still moving. It might not move in a day, but it's moving within a week or two weeks. And normally, um, a normal market is something would stay on the market 30 to 60 days. So the fact that the market's still hot and things are moving within a number of weeks tells you that we still have a lot of need here. And and that gets back to the work of Jill Seitz, our chief community planner and housing and equity expert, uh, and the work that she's done to quantify the fact that we're still short, you know, thousands of housing units, as many as 9,000 housing units. Though these numbers last year of 60, you know, 469 new units, it's still going to take, you know, three, four, five, six years if all of those units are approved by the local governments for those to get built. So we're still going to see a delay and we're still going to see a shortage in the near term. Um, and we'll let the population increase, too. And, you know, seeing four to six thousand people move here per year, that compounds the issues that we see. And then, you know, simple supply and demand keeps the housing prices higher. So as far as affordability, you don't see any uh, break in that. People are just going to have to save a little more money, it sounds like. Well, I mean, it's a lot more complex than that. Some people can't save money, especially when you're talking about um, historically disadvantaged communities or younger people that have higher debt to income ratios than you know any previous generation on record. They're unable to save to meet down payment requirements. So one of the things that we'll be working on with Lehigh County uh, later this year, and we're doing some data work for it now so we can be prepared for that broader conversation, uh, is we're going to be doing a housing supply and attainability strategy. Um, We'll be working with the Urban Land Institute's Terwilliger Center for Housing, which is a nationally recognized expert on um, housing production, and bringing together the banking community, which is key to funding housing development, the development community, who's obviously key to building um, housing, our local governments, and some key nonprofits to work on the issue. Because of course, it's the most prescient in the lower income stratas. But if we have such a a shortage in the higher incomes, then that creates problems for us of compression because those folks are forced to buy down. Um, It squeezes into the middle market and then pushes down into people who really have trouble affording housing in general. And again, 
that's not just people in low income jobs. That's elderly people. It's young people who now can't afford to live in the neighborhoods that they grew up in because of housing costs. So it affects everyone. Matt, reflecting on some of this population growth, do you have anything to add to this? Well, population actually affects all of this, uh, as Becky said. I mean, the reason why our sort of housing shortage is probably going to have a longer tail than in most places is because people are still coming here. We are in the in the annual report. It says we're going to gain another hundred thousand people by 2050. That's about thirty three hundred more people each year. And it's actually pretty remarkable because our largest generation right now is baby boomers and baby boomers are going to fade fast. And as they're fading, that is actually going to cause most of Pennsylvania to shrink. So most regions are not going to be like us. They're not going to be gaining 3,300. But that's because people still want to be here. We're still sort of affordable. We're still in a sweet spot transportation-wise. We're we're between world-class cities. So if we have a 9,000-unit shortage in housing and we keep getting 3,300 more people per year, it is going to take a long time to close that gap. So, so population, it affects everything. It affects not just, you know, it doesn't affect just the housing. It affects the jobs. It affects everything. Becky, non-residential development, it was a key factor in 2022. What do the numbers tell you there? Oh, most ever, most ever, most ever. Uh, that's the story for 2022. There was over 22 million, actually 22.2 million total square feet that we reviewed last year in non-residential. So that was a mix of everything from uh, retail. And we had, uh, you know, 459,000 square feet of that. That's the most since 2015. There was a lot of movement, especially among school districts to improve uh, facilities. And again, like a similar trend to last year, turn those kind of temporary classrooms into permanent classrooms and do some significant reworks of facilities. And, And we actually reviewed one 0.5 0.5 million square feet of public and quasi-public uh, square footage. And that's the second most that we've reviewed so far in uh, this century. Um, and again, a lot of it was education, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention healthcare facilities as well. We also reviewed, I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about work from home and partial work from home and people coming back into offices, you know, three days a week and the like. But because of our growth overall, we still reviewed over 300,000 square feet of new office. And so there is a little bit of growth there. It's maybe not as aggressive as you would have seen prior to the 2020 um, shutdowns with the pandemic. Um, and then we had 1.7 million square feet of just general commercial. And that's the most in in the, the century. And interestingly enough, half of that was self-storage facilities. I don't know if that means we're becoming hoarders as a society. Um, <laughs> but obviously, there's a um, all kidding aside, there's a clearly a business model for that type of development or we wouldn't see that many proposals of those types of uses. And then, um, you know, we have to talk about the industrial market. And so we had a significant amount of manufacturing, mineral mineral extraction and kind of general industrial review, we reviewed, but the warehouse number is the one that we monitor the most closely. So that's e-commerce, logistics uh, facilities, uh, third-party uh, logistics and the like, or 3PLs, this common industry term for them. We reviewed over 17 million square feet of new industrial. Um, and we know that this is a flashpoint issue, and it's the reason why we keep talking about it, because we need those facilities 
facilities, if they are going to come into the region to be built in places where the infrastructure can withstand it and that we're maintaining the balance and the quality of life that is the reason why so many people move here and one of um, the greatest priorities of people for for staying here as well. You probably don't see any slowing down, do you? Don't. And that's because the vacancy rate for these facilities is so low. It's extremely low. It's one of the lowest in the eastern U.S. Um, I mean, Northampton and Lehigh County is around 5%, I believe, right, Matt? Together, yes. And yeah. Lehigh's is only like 3%. So it's it's low. So you have, right, and they're getting more and more rent every year as well. Yeah, Northampton County is getting the most rent of anybody in the in the eighty one seventy eight quarter. Like, and that's a lot more. It's like eight dollars a square foot, and places around us are getting five and six. Wow. So all these things that you have to do at the planning commission, just remind people how big is the organization when you talk about all these plans you have to review. How many people work in your office? Twenty. Okay. And that includes our metropolitan planning organization, our transportation planning functions. Um, actually, our board did, uh, uh, our executive committee asked us to do an assessment um, about a year ago of uh, the size of our organization compared to the workload and agencies, not only other county planning agencies, but other metropolitan planning organizations, because we're kind of a two-part organization uh, to do the transportation planning and investment through the metropolitan planning component, which is under federal law, and then the the Bi-County Planning Commission uh, for Lehigh and Northampton counties that's under uh, state law by and large. So um, what we found is we actually should be at least 36 people, but more around 42. So uh, we're working to increase the staff because the development is so intense. And we've gone from a small to medium-sized region to a large medium-sized region moving into a large metropolitan area as we push up over 700,000 people and move towards a million. So that means not just organizations like ours are going to need to increase, but um, services to the communities are going to need to increase, whether that's water and sewer services, whether that's educational services. Um, and obviously the private sector, it's a little bit easier because it's like we're seeing in the healthcare sector in particular, they're able to expand because they have a business model to do so very quickly. But when you start talking about government agencies and authorities, there isn't the public desire to increase those services. And quite, in fact, it's quite the opposite. But we are going to see significant issues of groundwater contamination, threats to our um, clean water and to our air if we don't have the basic increases in support we need to support healthy lifestyles and the quality of life that we appreciate. So we have to kind of move away from that idea of being on well and septic in a suburban condition and move towards making sure that we have adequate public water and public sewer that can be managed and maintained and be provided at the quantities that we need it to be provided to to accommodate the people that are moving here. So we're really in this massive time of transition and it'll affect all institutions, whether public or private. So we have this huge development game going on here and uh, we need some training and education. Let's talk to Hannah about what's offered at the LVPC when it comes to this. Yeah, absolutely. So the LVPC believes very strongly that we are a partner to our, you know, local municipal governments, 
um, and other community organizations that are interested in issues around land use and planning. Um, and so through our Lehigh Valley Government Academy, we offer a variety of options for training and education for folks. One of those uh, opportunities in particular is offered through the Pennsylvania Municipal Education Institute, or PNPEI, uh, who offers in-depth courses uh, in a variety of land use related topics. Um, this year, we're offering four opportunities for folks to come to our office, meet other local leaders, um, and connect with other folks interested in planning and learn more about things like community planning, just a basic 101 on what planning really is, zoning, um, which is a really hot topic nowadays, um, and then subdivision and land development. Are these classes for planning and zoning members only, or what I'm hearing from you, I think anybody can take these, right? Yeah, absolutely. So anyone who's interested, um, I actually took a class last year and found it really insightful, um, especially as it relates to my work with the Planning Commission and understanding, you know, what the Municipalities Planning Code of Pennsylvania really outlines for our role as a Planning Commission, but also what the role of each municipality is um, in the planning process. So this is for anybody. Obviously, we encourage Planning Commission members and Zoning Board members and folks in those roles to come out, but it, really anybody can take them. Anna, when somebody comes out of one of these classes, uh, somebody who's not involved with the Planning Commission, just maybe somebody who's in charge of an HOA or something like that, what's the one thing that, that really opens their eyes? What do, what do they come away saying? So I think, you know, speaking from my own personal experience as it relates to community planning specifically, um, what's really insightful is the legal ramifications around the role of the planning commission or for a zoning class, what the role of the zoning hearing board is, and really, you know, the the tools and limitations uh, that these folks have around making their community exactly what they want it to be and what they hope that future generations will also take advantage of. And how do people register for these classes? Well, we've got a great website that has full descriptions of all the courses that we're offering this year, as well as the dates and the registration link. So it's www.lvpc.org slash LVGA. I would encourage anybody listening to just go to that website anyways. I mean, first uh, registering for class like this would be terrific, but there's a lot of information on this website. It's It really is dedicated to the future of the Lehigh Valley. It's a terrific website. Brian. I understand you organize education that is more focused on training uh, municipal public works crews. Can you tell us about the local technical assistance program? Sure. Uh, this year, uh, we're marking our 15th year that we've been an LTAP planning partner in coordination with PennDOT and the Federal Highway Administration. LTAP provides technical information and proven technologies dealing with roadway maintenance and safety methods to meet growing demands on our municipal governments. We provide uh, transportation-focused education and training uh, virtually and in person. Uh, these educational opportunities provide our municipalities with the latest information on a wide variety of transportation topics. 2023 brings us a return to in-person classes at the LVPC. Uh, we have our two most popular classes coming up this spring with uh, temporary traffic control in work zones and also erosion and sediment control. Uh, we at the LVPC are proud to have all our municipalities be statewide leaders for the LTAP program. The last six years, we have had the highest attendance of students participating in the classes. And last year, we had 33 of our 62 municipalities participate, which is really great to see. What is a tech assist and how does that work? 
Okay, tech assists are essentially one-on-one -on -one recommendations or assistance that a municipality can request concerning a specific uh, transportation infrastructure or behavior problem or issue they might be experiencing. Uh, we coordinate the appropriate consultants to meet with the municipality either virtually by email or on-site in person to view and discuss the issue. Uh, the LTAP consultants with PennDOT and the LVC will issue recommendations that the municipality can use as a guide to ad address the issue. Our number one request for technical assistance is for traffic calming and speeding concerns. Tech assists are another aspect of LTAP that the LVPC and the Lehigh Valley is once again a statewide leader. In 2022, we were part of 44 tech assists, and so far in 2023, we've accomplished four of them. When you're looking so at Brian's being kind of modest with these things. Yeah, yeah. These yeah I, I, of, absolutely. So, so, you know, a community, if they have sort of a like a dangerous intersection that they want to make improvements to, like Brian and a PennDOT engineer will go out and they will look at this thing in depth with them in the field. And then like a week and a half later, they'll get like a 20 page recommendation of what should be done and how it should be done. And and then PennDOT will work with them to sort of do those things. So it's pretty cool. I'm shocked that, that they do it for free. It's it's amazing to me. Brian, when and you... I think the other thing that I love about what we're doing with what we we internally call the Dr. Brian program because he's <laughs> really amazing at it. It's the fact that people can ask for other things uh, as well. Like we had some issues around a school in Allentown and some making sure that the kids were able to cross the road safely to get to the school. Uh, Brian went out and uh, did a tech assist with the city. And then that ultimately led to allocation of transportation alternative set aside dollars to help the city address those concerns along with the school to make sure that it was safer for the kids uh, to get back and forth. So or anybody actually, but you know, it's obviously critically important when we're talking about our young folks and maintaining healthy access and transportation options for them to be able to get to a critical part of their future, which is their education. Brian, is, is there any one type of situation that you see a lot of here in the Lehigh Valley? Like I, like I mentioned earlier, it's uh, traffic calming and speeding concerns, uh, especially with the interaction with pedestrians and our trail networks. Uh, the pandemic showed us that a lot of people are, have discovered our trail network, which is really great in the Lehigh Valley, but now people are wanting to use them more and more. And the interconnections between our trails and our, our existing infrastructure, a lot of our uh, municipalities are trying to address that, and sometimes they just need better advice, and that's what the LTAP program can bring in, because a lot of the consultants have been to all 67 counties in the state, so they can bring back knowledge of what has worked and hasn't worked in other areas and address it here. And like Becky said, a lot of our municipalities are actually using those recommendations to go after grant or funding opportunities. Are these programs free? Yes, they are free. Uh, the best part is they are free. PennDOT provides this funding for these classes and tech assists to eliminate the cost burden of, of attending the classes so they can use those funds that would they might pay for education to actually implement the recommendations so it, it's it's great to see becky one um, thing that uh, yeah. we're we're doing um that we actually were just working on is a group this morning is in march all through march we'll be doing a transportation needs assessment of the whole lehigh valley and i know hannah's got uh some kind of interesting stuff to talk to everybody about in that regard. Hannah? Yes. 
Yeah, so we're uh, really excited to kick off this transportation needs assessment. Um, we're going to be reaching out to all 62 municipalities in Lehigh and Northampton counties, as well as other partners from nonprofit organizations and, you know, our friends over Atlanta and PennDOT um, to really talk about the priorities of the region as, as it relates to our transportation network. So whether that be roads and bridges or walking and rolling and accessibility, we really want to hear from folks about what their priorities are as far as it relates to the transportation network so that we can, you know, make sure that we're actively reflecting that those priorities uh, in the policies that we write. But also then it helps um, Hannah and Brian tailor training based on the needs of the community as well, as well as public education on things. And so um, anybody can take the survey in addition to our municipal and other partners, right? Yes, that survey is open and available to all folks in the Lehigh Valley. Um, we wanna hear from everybody as far as their transportation priorities for the region. Um, that survey is live on our website at lvpc.org. Um, so we'd encourage anyone listening and anyone who's listening to the stream in March uh, to, to go on our website and take that survey. It should take you about five minutes. We just wanna hear from you as far as what your priorities are for tr our transportation network. And this is open all March? Yep. Yeah, to give you an idea how much in the community we will be, 23 meetings. It's like a magical mystery tour. That list is also available on our website. That's public information. We're having a virtual meeting on March 10th at 8 a.m. We'd encourage anyone to join us for that. But we are hosting a slew of other meetings uh, with our municipal and other partners. And so you can check that list out on our website as well. Becky, you need a tour bus. we got a couple of minutes left. <laughs> give, us a, give us your closing thoughts. Well, I think with all the growth in, in the Lehigh Valley, I think the important thing is, is that there's a lot of good things that our local governments are doing uh, to help manage this, in addition to all the training that we're providing and all the, the support that the Planning Commission provides to the community as a whole, but certainly to our municipal partners. The communities, again, they're taking action. In fact, they filed 52 ordinance amendments to maps and, and, and their ordinances in 2022 alone, and that's to better manage development. So by the end of this year, we'll also have 39 of the 62 municipalities that'll be involved in some sort of cooperative planning through a multi-municipal comprehensive plan um, where they join forces with their neighbors to, uh, again, prepare for development and manage uh, that growth and mitigate the externalities associated with it. Because remember, balance in all things, right? But the way that Pennsylvania law works, you know that if something's zoned for a use, a local government has to approve it. So the fact that our local governments are working together to try to better manage that and to amend their laws so uh, we have a more balanced approach to development, that their definitions and the codes are modernized, is really one of those all hands on deck, important things that they're doing uh, to support these larger goals. And it's tremendous, the change that we're seeing. And we're so proud uh, that they're moving towards a more modernized management of their communities, because that ultimately helps our region maintain its competitiveness, its resiliency, and our ability to be creative and entrepreneurial. To our students, Jahi and Max, are you ready to jump into this business? Yeah, sure. yep. Um, <laughs> we're ready to fill out some of those extra, what, 42 staff member spots, maybe? <laughs> all right. With Yay! that, all right. With that note, we're at the conclusion of our program. Thanks to Becky Bradley, Matt Asad, Brian Height, 
and Hannah Malagio. You've been listening to Plan Lehigh Valley. If you would like to listen to this show again, you can find it archived on the WDIY app or at WDIY.org. I'm your host, Greg Caponia. This is WDIY 88.1 FM. Have a great evening.